0: Hello and welcome to the Wolf Sports show. We made it. The 2023 NFL season is here, finally. After several long months. If you're new to the show and to Wolf Sports in general, you should know that we're independent thinkers. We cover all 32 teams, don't do the clickbait stuff and hot takes and debates. And if you're not new here and you're familiar with the Wolf Sports show and Wolf Sports in general, It'll probably be more of the same this season. We looked into maybe having guests doing interviews this year. We'll see what happens during the season, but I don't see that working out. There's a lot of saturation out there, and we want to make sure that we bring top-tier guests to you, not just have guests for the sake of having them. And some of the top targets we would like on the show, and all honesty, they're probably too busy. We do check in, and it's often difficult to get maybe some familiar names you might want to hear from. That said, again, we're going to cover every team every week. Be sure to check out WolfSports.com every day for NFL and fantasy coverage. And for the first show, instead of looking too much into the week one matchups, I'm just going to dive in with power rankings. We'll see how it goes and if it comes to be, but I'm going to try to keep it somewhat short, the episode. There's just so much unpredictability in the NFL right now with so many teams that could make the playoffs. If you want more in-depth outlooks at every team, I recommend checking out our season preview on WolfSports.com, published yesterday, Wednesday. And in it includes the big question for each team, so that's what I'm going to run down here. Coming in at number one, the Chiefs. My question is, how many games will Chris Jones miss and will it be costly for your playoff seeding? I'm sure if you're listening, you're aware Chris Jones all-pro defensive lineman he's holding out in hopes of a monstrous contract like the one Nick Bosa got a few days ago, or yesterday actually it was. And obviously Kansas City is much better when he's on the field. So that could, depending on how long he's out, that could have big implications for playoff seating. Playing at Arrowhead would be a lot more comfortable for the Chiefs than having to go to some place like Cincinnati or Buffalo in January. So we'll see if something can get done there. And on top of that, we have Travis Kelsey, unfortunately suffered a bone bruise in his knee in practice, woking iffy for tonight's season opener against the Lions. So that's something to watch. It's a long season. They might want to hold him out and make sure he's good to go for a long stretch where they're hoping to play in into February and repeat as Super Bowl champions for the first time in 20 years. Number two, the Eagles. Their question, can they be the first repeat NFC's champion since 2004 and, again, push for home playoff games at the tough-to-play Lincoln Financial Field? It's very challenging to win in Philadelphia in the playoffs. They've shown that on their two runs to the Super Bowl the past several years. Their stacked roster, I don't know how they got. Nolan Smith at 30 overall. Jalen Carter at 10, you could see because of the character stuff, but he's in a good spot to hopefully be... uh, good team player and not cause any issues with many of his Georgia teammates there in the locker room. So I think that'll work out fine and he looked good this summer. And yeah, there's a lot of talk about Jalen Hurts being overrated or whatever. He got a massive contract extension in the off season, I think definitely warranted and they're lucky they have him as their quarterback, how that worked out. Apparently Jeffrey Lurie, the team owner had a lot of say in that along with Doug Peterson, the former coach who it was evident he believed in Hurts and played him as a rookie when Carson Wentz had a massive contract of his own. Hurts just continues to ascend. And I think a lot of the nonsense out there about him being overrated or carried by the players around him, which, don't get me wrong, fantastic players. A.J. Brown, I think, has a case for the best receiver in the league. Devontae Smith's rising superstar. He's going to be right in that tier, I think. And the offensive line, strong run game, Dallas Goddard. But, I mean, just... People got to watch the games, I think, and see that Hurts is throwing pinpoint passes all over the field. Unstoppable as a runner and definitely deserves respect as one of the best players in the league, as Bill Belichick called him, maybe the best player in the league during his press conference yesterday. I said I would make this quick. I'm going a little uh, longer than anticipated with these first two teams, but uh, number three, Buffalo. The question, can the Bills keep their shanglehold on the division with three teams behind them making improvements? which we'll touch on a little bit later when we get to them. But yeah, what I'd say about the Bills, really like what they did this offseason. Headlined by, I think, Dalton Kincaid, number 25 pick in the draft. I don't know how he dropped there. I thought he was a clear top 10 at the very least, arguably a top three to five player in the draft. reminiscent a little bit of Travis Kelsey. I know that's a huge lofty comparison, but he has a great feel for getting open. Fantastic hands. And then in the second round, they got from Florida guard, Osiris Torrance. So that'll beef up the offensive line, which was, I think, a need. And then in free agency, they were able to get Leonard Floyd, who the Rams cut while making some uh, cap-saving moves. And Von Miller, he's out the first four games. While on the pup list, coming off his torn ACL, suffered last Thanksgiving. But him and Floyd, that was the combo that helped the Rams win a Super Bowl off the edge a couple of seasons ago. So love the moves Buffalo made. And look for the Kincaid connection with Josh Allen to immediately be awesome, I I think. Number four, the Bengals. Will the Bengals' defense keep performing at a high level in big games? And can they get a little more from the offense in January and perhaps February to match it? The defense under Lou Anarumo, defensive coordinator, phenomenal. The offense insanely talented. Joe Mixon's back after taking a pay cut to remain with one team his whole career, he hopes. Joe Burrow missed the summer. Due to calf issue, but he's good to go. Week one has Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. So, if that offense catches fire at the right time in the playoffs, they're going to be tough to eliminate with the way the defense has played in big games in the past. Number five, the Niners can Brock Purdy continue to mesh with an electric offense with all the guys he has: McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Ayuk, Kittle, and keep up the magical run he showed last season before getting hurt in the NFC title game. I think he will. He was drafted much later than he should have been. He had great college experience at Iowa State, and you could see how comfortable he is in college and hands offense, and operates at a high level and has a great feel for playing the game. And it's obvious for anyone that actually watches. Number six, lines can the line shoulder the high expectations both internally and externally. They're not going to listen to the outside stuff too much, but that said, they do have high expectations themselves to compete for winning the NFC North and compete for Super Bowl, really. And to be playing in the opening game against the Chiefs is just pretty crazy for Detroit. There were plenty of options, and they went with the Lions. So, yeah, definitely high expectations. And Brad Holmes, the general manager, and Dan Campbell have done a really great job with them. And keeping an eye on Jameer Gibbs was somehow made fun of as their first-round pick at 12 overall after they traded back. They apparently would have taken him at six if they couldn't get a trade back. Jack Campbell at linebacker, drafted later in the first round. Salem Port at tight end, second round pick, should have an impact. And Ben Johnson, I think, is going to work some magic with that offense. And the defense under Aaron Glenn showed definite progress in the second half last year while finishing the season eight and two. Number seven, the Ravens. How does the prolific Lamar Jackson use his legs? which is still a massively dangerous weapon in the new offense under offensive coordinator, Todd Monken. If you're unaware Monkin Monken comes over from Georgia was a former NFL coordinator. And the offense is going to be much different than we saw under Greg Roman who ran a sort of an option run heavy attack, similar to what the Niners did with Jim Harbaugh years ago. And now it's going to be more like what Jackson did at Louisville, won the Heisman trophy They put more resources into their receiving group. Signed Odo Beckham Jr., drafted Zay Flowers in the first round, signed Nelson Aguilar, who's a crazy good, potentially fourth receiver. I'm sure he'll play a decent amount, though, in that role. And, yeah, they're going to open things up, and I think it's going to be fun for the Ravens, for Jackson, and exciting to watch. And paired with a defense that played much better with Roquan Smith last season, they could be an all-around team that is dangerous down the stretch. Number eight, the Cowboys. Will Dak Prescott get back to form and cut down on the interceptions after throwing 15 in 12 games last season? Mike McCarthy takes over the play calling. He's a criticized coach, but I mean he's a Super Bowl winning coach and very underrated to me. They added Brandon Cooks to the offense and former Defensive Player of the Year Stephon Gilmore at corner on defense. Dan Quinn's back as the coordinator on the defensive side of the ball and major upside for Dallas this season. Number nine, the Jaguars can form a number one pick, Trayvon Walker, emerge and form a top pass rushing duo with Josh Allen. Pretty much overall, I think the defense, if Walker steps up, that would help. We'll see if the defense can be maybe closer to a top 10 unit to pair with an offense that added Calvin Ridley, has Trevor Lawrence in year three, year 200, Doug Peterson. Travis Etienne's a crazy talent running back. And yeah, this ranking for the Jaguars indicates I think they could take a Leap this season closer to the Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati tier. Number 10, the Chargers. Does the Chargers defense take a step into becoming closer to an elite unit in year three under Brandon Staley? We know about the offense. They added Quinton Johnston in the first round of the draft. The receiver was somewhat surprising. They still have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Joshua Palmer, Austin Eckler at running back, Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller at running back behind him looking to break out a little bit. And a really good offensive line that's healthy now. And then if you pair that with the defense, if they can take another step forward under Brandon Sealy, they could be an excellent all-around team. And I think maybe even push the Chiefs for the AFC West title, especially depending on how much Chris Jones misses. Number 11, the Steelers. Can the Steelers' offense build on a strong summer and take the next step under Kenny Pickett? Pickett entering year two as the quarterback. Get some disrespect because he didn't put a big stats last year. Wears the two gloves, but he showed progress as a rookie. They scored five touchdowns in five preseason drives. The first team offense did. George Pickens could be a superstar receiver. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren at running back. Improved the offensive line, including with Isaac Saimalu from the Eagles. Defense, Micah Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, who they were I think 8-2 and maybe with last season. They uh, are really good and yeah, I think they're going to be competitive. And I said it last year, people didn't have high expectations, but they basically never finished They don't ever finish under five hundred with Mike Tomlin. And I think that will again be the case this year and should be pushing for at least a playoff spot. Number 12, Seahawks, big question. Will the run defense hold up against top opponents in the NFC? That is a very big question. Didn't really have any answers for the Niners offense in their playoff matchup last January. This offense also added a first-round receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Went later than I thought. Very good pro-ready player from Ohio State. And you add him to DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Ken Walker, Zach Charbonnet, second-round pick out of UCLA running back. That's a stellar one-two punch. And then Kenny McIntosh, I'll keep an eye on seventh-round pick. I don't know how he went as late as he did in the draft. Defense added Bobby Wagner. Drafted Devin Witherspoon fifth overall, defensive back out of Illinois. And if their draft class, rookie draft class, is anything like last year's class and can get similar contributions, the Seahawks can be very dangerous. Number 13, Dolphins. Can Tua and the Dolphins, who are already banged up, stay healthy? And do they have the depth to stay afloat if injury strikes to more star talent? Jalen Ramsey out till December with the meniscus injury. Running back Jeff Wilson Jr. out the first four games. Jalen Waddell's been banged up heading into the season opener. So we know they, they have plenty of speed and talent and can score in, in a flash. Defense has Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator, which is outstanding and will be a boost. So there's definite upside. Got to see about the depth for Miami and how much it is tested. Number 14, the Jets. I had them 14 in the power rankings. Maybe I should have had them a little higher after watching the season finale of Hard Knocks. But their question, how will they play early? If a slow start does indeed occur, will things unravel? Or can they build momentum and ultimately click at the right time late in the season? Before their bye week, the schedule is very daunting. Against the Bills, at the Cowboys, against the Patriots, against the Chiefs, at Denver, not easy to play, and then they host Philadelphia. That's their first six games before they're by. Aaron Rodgers joining a new team after 18 seasons with the Packers, and he's going to be thrown right into the fire. Obviously, he can handle it, but it's not easy to get acclimated with a new team. Quickly, he does have offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, who he worked with in Green Bay. Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb are there with him. The connection with Garrett Wilson looks superb, but I think the question could be if they do start slow, they might get off to a hot start, but if they do start slow, can they avoid and unravel and get things going? Number 15, the Patriots. Is the offensive line good enough to complement the other changes on offense? And does the roster have enough juice to compete for a championship? The big concern for New England, they have Bill Belichick as coach. Defense should be top five, I think. Added Marte Mapu in the third round out of Sacramento State. Super Athletic could be a great chess piece for them immediately as a rookie. The offense added Mike Isiki, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Ezekiel Elliott to the skill positions. And Bill O'Brien, huge addition as the offensive coordinator, working with Mac Jones now. Should see a lot of RPOs, quick passes. And I think they're going to want to run the ball a lot with Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson, and Zeke to hopefully control games, play the defense. But when they do have to pass, like, for example, week one against the Eagles, I would think they might need to keep up despite how good their defense is. And they're facing maybe the best pass rush in the league. So they're going to be tested on the offensive line quick, and I think that's the question. And, again, do they have enough speed and juice to compete with the top-tier teams that can score in bunches? Number 16, the Vikings. Will the retooled roster have the younger players step up at key positions? They had to shed some salary. Dalvin Cook, they parted ways with. Alexander Matson is now the starting running back. They're excited about him. Adam Thielen parted ways with, but they drafted Jordan Addison in the first round. He should have an instant impact at receiver, along with Justin Jefferson, who draws like double and triple teams. And I think it was big for the Vikings on defense to keep Daniil Hunter. Can get after the quarterback and is a freakish type of player that goes under the radar some. And Brian Flores, former Dolphins coach, is now the defensive coordinator in Minnesota. So we'll see if he can provide a boost for that unit. Number seventeen, the Saints. Can Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas play closer to the level they did a few seasons ago? Kamara suspended the first three games of the year, but he looked like his usual self in his one preseason series. Saints went right down the field. I think Carr was. I don't think Carr had an incompletion. Threw a touchdown. Yeah, I guess I should start with that. Derek Carr is now quarterback for the Saints. Long-time Raiders starter, think like nine seasons with the Raiders. Had a strange end. I think his addition makes them the clear favorites in the NFC South, which looks like the weakest division in the league, but we'll see. And the defense, they had a franchise low in their history of turnovers last season, which is really saying something. So I would think they'll have better luck there and still a veteran unit, proud group that should complement an offense that should be improved. And we'll see if Michael Thomas can stay healthy and Kamara can have a big impact when he's back from his suspension. Number 18, the Giants. Will the offensive additions make a well-coached Brian Dable offense one of the NFL's best to help avoid a fall-off from last season? Last season, they made the playoffs, exceeded expectations. I was thinking they would take a step back, but I really love the Darren Waller move, trading a third-round pick to get him at tight end. He looks like he'll basically be the number one target for Daniel Jones. Has such a big catch radius to go up in the red zone and finish drives with touchdowns. Daniel Jones, he's a good mesh with Jones, who was given a huge contract in the offseason. People are critical of Jones, like online and stuff. Um, I mean, just watch. He's extremely accurate, especially on passes over the middle. He just puts them right in the numbers, hits guys in stride, can run and do damage with his legs. So I think he'll be a good fit with Waller for sure. And again, I I was thinking the Giants might take a step back, but I'm starting to think Brian Dayball might just be sort of an Andy Reid type where he's going to get production out of his offense, find a way to move the ball and be a good team. And the defense under Wink Martindale, it'll be big if Kayvon Thibodeau can step up in year two and emerges like a clear double-digit sack guy after a solid rookie year. Number 19, Titans will veteran pieces like Ryan Tannehill and DeAndre Hopkins perform at? level that gets the titans fully back on track last year they basically collapsed after it looked like i think romo tony romo even said it during one of the games how like they're definitely going to win the division and they just fell off injuries certainly hurt so they're looking to avoid that creeping into this season it shouldn't and mike rabel typically gets the most out of his roster again they added hopkins that'll help lighten in the box i think for derek henry who He's turning 30, I believe, in January. But I think he just built different, honestly, and should continue to produce as one of the best runners in the league. And the defense still has pieces. Kevin Bayard, Jeffrey Simmons. And, again, Bray will get the most out of his guys, and I think they'll be competitive. And I have them out of the playoffs, which went will to later, but I think they could definitely push to win the AFC South, despite me being high on the Jaguars. Number 20, the Packers. Will Jordan Love continuous stretch of top quarterback play for the Packers and yeah that is pretty much what it comes down to they have the youngest roster in the league so there might be some growing pains and then Love taking over for Rodgers which is not an easy task Matt LaFleur's offense which has Aaron Jones AJ Dillon to run the ball and I like the young receiving trio of Christian Watson Romeo Dobbs especially the Packers they always seem to hit on the receivers and I do think the defense can step up and be better and help the Packers compete for a playoff spot, despite having a young roster with the first year starting quarterback. Number twenty-one Broncos will Russell Wilson round back to form under Sean Payton. Denver, I know it's just the preseason. And you don't want to look too much at all into the preseason, but their forty to zero, I think it was whatever it was, blowout win against the Rams it was pretty eye opening. Maybe. Sean Payton's come in and immediately changed the culture. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. Their receiving group is very banged up. Tin Patrick, unfortunately, going to miss a second straight season. Now with the torn Achilles, Jerry Judy's hurt to start the year. Javante Williams at running back. Fortunately, he's had a great recovery from his knee injury. It'll be good to see him on the field. I like the addition of Samadre Piron. Payton gets production from multiple running backs, as he's shown throughout his time with the Saints. And yeah, tough division. But if Peyton could get Wilson back on track, they could make some noise, I think, in the AFC. Number 22, the Raiders. Can Jimmy Garoppolo stay healthy and keep winning games with his new team? Vegas, after parting with Carr, they brought in Garoppolo, who has experience with Josh McDaniels from the time in New England together. I think it's a strong fit. The only issue with Garoppolo has been his health. He wins games. I think he's 38 and 17 in his career, or with the Niners, and 14 and 17 in his career as a starter with two starts in New England. Josh Jacobs, they fortunately, like the Giants did with Saquon Barkley, although that was earlier, they did a revised one-year deal to get Jacobs in the building, leading rusher last season. Have Devontae Adams, at receiver, still has a case for the best at his position in the league, despite how good guys like Jefferson are. I think the question is the defense, but they did add Marcus Peters. We'll see how that pans out. Veteran corner, who can force some turnovers, which they need. What has me... Somewhat more optimistic than I thought I would be about the Raiders is the talk during the summer, even in joint practices against the Niners, is the Raiders were dominant in the trenches. If you can win on the interior and run the ball, then you should have a shot against just about anyone. And Garoppolo thrives off play action, so that could be something to watch. Number 23, the Browns. Will the Browns become too pass happy and not feature Nick Chubb enough? Word is they're going to, they kind of tailor the offense, I guess, to Deshaun Watson more. It might be passing more. Nick Chubb is going to be involved more as a receiver, but you can't get away from him running the ball too much, I don't think. They're at their best when he's having success, and that can help take pressure off the defense as well, which now is Jim Schwartz as the defensive coordinator. So, yeah, I just don't think Kevin Stefanski, I don't think he can get too pass happy with Watson. and I mean, Watson didn't look too good last year in his return. I know he hadn't played in a while, but number 24, Commanders, will the Washington defense become a shutdown unit? They need Chase Young. Jonathan Allen, Ron Payne, Montez Sweat in the front four to stay healthy, wreak havoc on offensive lines. That'll be the driving force for them added to the defense in the draft, led by Emmanuel Forbes in the first round out of Mississippi State, has the most pick sixes in NCAA history with six during his college career. But it might be tough in the NFC East, I mean, dealing with A.J. Brown, C.D. Liam, Devontae Smith. So he's going to be thrown into the fire there. But should be a good fit in Ron Rivera's defense, and that's why they target him. And on offense, Eric Bieniemy comes over th- from the Chiefs to coordinate the offense. He's working with Sam Howell, second year quarterback, handed the reins as a starter. There's a lot of excitement around Howell. He has Terry McLaurin, and I think a potential star Pro Bowl receiver in Jahan Dotson. And during his second season as well, out of Penn State. They need the offensive line to play well, but yeah, a lot of excitement in Washington under new ownership with Dan Snyder gone. They had more team names than playoff appearances under Snyder. Now Josh Harris, Mitchell Royals, Magic Johnson, and the deep ownership group is leading Washington, who I think will change their team name to something. I think Washington Wolves would sound awesome, alliterative, and I think Wolves are underutilized and like dog-type mascots, and I think fans would like that. But yeah, big season for Rivera and the coaching staff and the whole regime in Washington. And there's been a lot of talk and a lot of spin from them trying, I guess, to set the tone that they should get a chance to stay under a new ownership past this season. And it's going to come down to how things pan out on the field. Number 25, the Falcons, is Desmond Ritter, the franchise quarterback for the Falcons, entering his second season, full season as a starter for the first time, third round pick last year. And they had another top 10 skill player on offense with running back Bijan John Robinson, joining Kyle Pitts and Drake London. The offensive line could be one of the best in the league, especially from a run game perspective. And Bijan, he looked electric in his limited preseason action. And that'll be a potentially dynamic play coming from him often. And I hope they get Pitts involved a lot after 1,000 yards as a rookie. And then last season was not as expected, and he did deal with injury. And the defense added veteran pieces, Klaas Campbell. Jesse Bates. So they're looking to compete immediately this season, and they certainly can in the NFC South. Number 26, Panthers. Will the offensive line protect number one pick Bryce Young? If you haven't seen Bryce Young, former Heisman Trophy winner out of Alabama, number one pick in the draft. He's basically like, if I could describe him, a magician-like quarterback, just really good and knows what to do with the ball, accurate. Some have compared him to Joe Burrow a little bit, which I could see some. To have an immediate impact, I think the offensive line needs to be good. They had some struggles in the preseason from what we saw, but I like their move in getting aggressive, moving up to the number one pick in the draft to get Young, and they had to trade DJ Moore to do it, but I think I think that's fine. But they were able to revamp their receiving group. Signed veteran Adam Thielen should be a good target for Young. Drafted Jonathan Mingo at Ole Miss in the second round. Exciting talent. Has some I guess a little bit of sort of A.J. Brown, Debo qualities to him. Tough and explosive. D.J. Chark, they also signed in free agency on the outside. And then Terrace Marshall Jr. I would keep an eye on. Right now their fourth receiver, but I think he can maybe thrive if he gets playing time. And the Carolina defense, they added Justin Houston as a veteran, but they have young pieces, Brian Burns, on the edge along with Houston. There's obvious upside on that side of the ball. Number 27, the Bucks can the proud championship group without Tom Brady fly around and become a top five defense under Todd Bowles. I think that's the thing. The defense has a ton of talented players still, and Todd Bowles, I like his, his aggressive defense. Can they run the ball with Rashad White and undrafted rookie Sean Tucker, make enough plays? I mean, they have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans as a sh- receiver still. Baker Mayfield take care of the ball, make plays. Can they run the ball after they were historically bad for most of last season? And can they play the defense and compete more than expected? Which I wouldn't be shocked by, but losing Tom Brady, you lose a lot. And yeah, might not be easy after losing the greatest quarterback of all time. Number 28, the Bears will an elevated supporting cast to help Justin Fields take the next step as a passer. There have been some lofty comparisons to Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, how they got Stephon Diggs and A.J. Brown, which helped them take the next step. I sort of think not that it would have happened as quickly as it did with those players added, but you could see the signs as passers for Allen and Hertz. I think fields maybe needs a little more progress there and is a little further behind than they were. And I don't think DJ Moore is really good player. Obviously I'm not sure he's quite as electric of a difference maker as Diggs and AJ Brown are, but he is certainly number one receiver. That's for sure. So. And, yeah, what, what Fields has going for him is the leadership is, I think, exceptional. So he could show enough progress as a passer, more consistency mainly as a passer, to pair with his rushing ability, which is already one of the best of all time as a running quarterback. And Matt Eberflus will see where the defense is. Added some veterans in year two under him, a defensive head coach. Number 29, the Rams, can they win shootouts if Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup are on the field? And unfortunately, Cooper Cup is out week one with a hamstring issue. That's lingered since August 1st. And there's a chance he goes on injured reserve. That would be a massive blow to the Rams, obviously. And I touched on it earlier. They had to shed salary, Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey, others. So it's definitely a rebuilding, retooling type of year. They have a no-name type of defense around – Aaron Donald, offensive line, I think should be better after some changes in the offseason and additions. But I'm very interested to see how Sean McVay handles this with what is now a pretty undermanned roster. Number 30, the Colts. Can Anthony Richardson immediately carry an offense? That'll be without Jonathan Taylor. The Jonathan Taylor situation is shocking to me. He just didn't strike me as the one to take this stance where he looks like he's ready to hold out as long as he can and he demanded a trade the Colts to be fair haven't offered him a contract and he feels he should get the contract and he wants to wait till after the season whatever the case may be it's not good for Anthony Richardson who if you haven't been following along uh, we are really high on Richardson extremely athletic and more than that you could tell like he has a super quick release you just have to watch him In the one, his first preseason action, he threw in an interception quick, but the ability to get rid of the ball with his release and like he has a total whip for an arm is accurate and can make a ton of plays as a runner. But without Taylor, especially, uh, the skill group is, I would say, among the league's worst. I think it's fair to say without Taylor and the offensive line, that's the key really to help Richardson. They are highly paid and maybe the most disappointing group in football last season. And I think first-year head coach Shane Shane Steichen and his coaching staff can maybe get that turned around with Quentin Nelson and company. And if so, they can maybe compete more than expected if Shaquille Leonard and the defense can step up and make plays as well. Number 31, the Texans. How quickly can the accurate CJ Stroud adjust to playing in an offense not as relatively talented as the one at OSU? So I was almost floored when the Texans drafted Shoud second overall, because I just thought for sure they were going to take Will Anderson Jr., pass rusher out of Alabama. And what they ended up doing was trading up from number 12 to number three to get them both, which was pretty surprising. And a bold move to trade, they traded their first round pick for 2024, which could easily be the top pick. I mean, I think they'll be somewhat competitive under Tomiko Ryans, who I think, Will be a great head coach, and just they need patience in Houston with him. Former great linebacker franchise. And was given the nickname Mufasa during his time with the Eagles. So a tremendous leader. And yeah, the receiving group, they're deep. But from a relative perspective, they're not as talented as the one at Ohio State. Like relative to going against college cornerbacks, stuff like that. That said, they're going to run the ball with Damian Pierce. Offensive line could be good. And I think Anderson is the type of guy that can elevate the defense. And we'll see if he, Ryan's, and the group can be an above-average unit in 2023. And then number 32, the Cardinals. Are the Cardinals talented enough to avoid falling in big holes and play the style they want to, which that style is first-year head coach Sean Gannon, who coordinated the Eagles. Um, he's made it clear. They want to run the ball, get behind James Conner, have him turn out yards and try to win close games, basically, is I think their strategy because they're not really talented enough to play any other way than that, I think. And I would say they have a winnable game in week one against Washington. And I just talked about the Texans trading up. It was the Cardinals that made that trade out of number three to pick up an extra first next year. So they may be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. Although Gannon has said he loves Kyler Murray as the quarterback. It just remains to be seen when we see Murray this season, who he definitely with his dual-threat ability has the ability to carry offenses, but we'll see when we see him coming back from a torn ACL suffered uh, last December, I believe it was. Yeah, that went on longer than expected. I want to give every team their due in case you're a fan of the team or just want to hear about every single NFL franchise. But we'll just quickly hit on the award picks. Miami P pick Jalen Hurts, plenty of top quarterbacks, Mahomes who's going to spread the ball around put up big numbers again in Andy Reid's offense. A ton of them, Lamar Jackson I'm high on in Todd Monkens offense, but I think the Eagles are going to throw more this year with Hurts. I think if he stays healthy, he'll have a monstrous dual threat season and, Philadelphia should be one of the top teams in the NFC with maybe the best chance of any team given the NFC's stature to secure a number one seed and the best record in football. Offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson. I think he could get 2,000 yards. Christian McCaffrey's tempting. Actually, I have McCaffrey as the number one fantasy player this year, so maybe McCaffrey should be my pick in Kyle Shanahan's offense. But again, Jefferson can put up 2,000 yards, be the first receiver to do it. Defensive player of the year, Michael Parsons. I talked about how they added Stephon Gilmore. Parsons is just a crazy good talent and could near 20 sacks in year three. Offensive Rookie of the Year, B. John Robinson. Jameer Gibbs, very intriguing for this. I think Robinson might get the ball more on the ground. Could maybe push for like over 1,200 yards, and I think that would garner more support from the voters. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Jalen Carter. Talked about him earlier. Joins a stack defense and... Should have opportunities to get after the passer and record a nice sack total. Comeback player of the year, DeMar Hamlin. Awesome to see him on the field and ready to play. Made the Bills roster as expected. And yeah, right when he steps on the field, pretty much he's a luck to win this award. I think. Similar to Alex Smith back in twenty twenty when he won it. And then Coach of the Year, Lions head coach Dan Campbell, discussed how it's awesome the Lions are in the season opener, and I think they do match the expectations. Have a great season, and Campbell. If they win the division, he'd have a great shot to win Coach of the Year, I would think. And now to the playoff picks. The AFC especially was extremely tough, leaving teams out. The Patriots, the offensive line just scares me. I left them out. Dolphins, I'm just not sure about the injury stuff. Jalen Ramsey's out to begin the year for a few months. But I got, in order of seating, Buffalo, Kansas City, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and the Chargers. So you might... Note, there's only one AFC East team. Many people expect at least two or three from that division. I think there are enough questions with the other ones that i like actually three AFC North teams instead. And I like the Chargers to be a well-rounded squad and, and be really good this season. And the NFC in order, Eagles, Lions, I have as a two seed. So that kind of pairs with Dan Campbell as Coach of the Year. Three seed Niners saints winning the nfc south and then the wildcard teams of dallas seattle and the giants so it's somewhat odd it probably is not going to work out like this again as i said in the open i believe how it's so unpredictable with so many good teams that could make a run to a championship but i only have one new playoff team in the afc and two in the nfc that seems unlikely but these are the teams i feel best about and for teams in the nfc that just missed the packers Someone certainly at quarterback, Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson are already banged up, and the Vikings, who I think could definitely be really good with Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell, Jefferson, but I left them out. And then finally my Super Bowl 58 pick. I was very close to picking the Cowboys to represent the NFC. I like their offseason, strong offensive line, good quarterback and head coach, but I'm going with the Eagles getting back there. However, I have the Bills finally getting over the hump. Josh Allen, Sean McDermott getting to the big game, winning it. And I think, as I talked about earlier, the pass-rush duo of Von Miller and Leonard Floyd being a big difference along with on offense. We know about Diggs, James Cook, emerging second-year player. Gabe Davis can make chunk plays. But I think the improvements on the offensive line paired with Dalton Kikade at tight end could make the Bills as difficult to stop as ever, which is saying something. So there we go. Got through all 32 teams. Gave some predictions, which we'll see how it works out in such an unpredictable league filled with parity. But thank you for listening. Be sure to check out WolfSports.com this week and every week throughout the season. Enjoy the game tonight. and Enjoy the game Sunday, Monday. We'll be back every Thursday with new episodes. And thank you for listening.